business to new insane revenue levels doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about the right strategy, team, efficiencies, and confidence. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. With over 1 million downloads, it's the go-to business podcast dedicated to business owners who want to evolve out of operating in the day-to-day and make their dreams come true. I'm your host, Annette Walter, and I'm so happy you are here. As a former banker, I have now been an entrepreneur for over 15 years and have started, grown, acquired, and sold over 20 multi-million dollar companies to date. Together, you and I will strengthen your existing business, build your dream team and process, grow your wealth and legacy, all while surrounding you with a community of rockstar entrepreneurs just like yourself. Are you ready to evolve? Let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. I'm really happy you are here. You are going to love the energy of our guest today. I am joined by Justin Goodbread. He is owner of Financially Simple. And actually, ironically, we are sharing a big day with him today. He is in the process or actually now has since sold the companies that he has grown and he's going to tell us more about that. In fact, you can read even more about that in his books. He has two big books that are out there on Amazon and wherever you purchase all of your books called The Ultimate Sale and Your Baby's Ugly. He has a phenomenal podcast and so much expert advice for business owners around financial wealth, and building and growing companies. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I especially love what he shared with us at the end about his personal mantra and what keeps him going. Take a listen, enjoy it, and make sure you let us know how you liked this episode, what hit you, what struck you, and what was your big takeaway for today. As always, if you need any support in your business, we are here for you. Make sure you reach out and schedule some time to book a free session with me to talk about your business on a deeper level. I'm here to help and I always appreciate you being here. Keep evolving entrepreneur. I am so, so proud of you. Here is the interview with Justin, enjoy. Hi there, Justin, how are you today? I'm doing well, Annette, how are you? I am doing great, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Today we are welcomed by Justin Goodbread. He is the owner and founder of Financially Simple. And I feel like, you know, you've got some some big things going on and some really good things to share with us today. So I will let you start by sharing a little bit about your history and kind of walk us up to to date. How's that sound? Sure. Sure. So I'll give you the cleft notes version because we could be here for hours talking through this. But um, so I was born and raised in South Georgia. And at the age of 15, I started my first business. Ended up selling that business um, after reaching multi-million dollars in sales about age 22. Moved to Tennessee. Didn't didn't expect to ever live in Tennessee. After my bride, my beautiful bride was from here. We were married and we moved to Tennessee to be near her family. Um, Came into the world of finance with a real popular and big name company and ended up selling that business back about 2009 or so started another business, sold it. And 2009, I started heritage investors heritage business advisors and financially simple all fell from 2009 
until present. And so my life has been one of an entrepreneur. I often say on our podcast, The Financially Simple Experience, that if you can think of something that a business owner has dealt with, I have seen it. I have personally dealt with it, or more than likely, one of the thousands of uh, business owners that I've communicated with have dealt with this. So I live, breathe, and eat business, love it, love business. Um, but most of all, I like watching people reach their dreams, whatever they may be. Great, great. So um, tell me where the, just to rewind a little bit, where did, because not everybody speaks kind of this line, you're speaking my language right now, of course, but not everybody speaks our language, right? The financial side, the business side, we always work with experts and practitioners who kind of put on that business owner hat. So where did that stem from? Did you have it in the family growing up or did you study it? Um, no, I studied it. Yes, but no, I didn't have it in the family. So my mom is college educated, received a master's degree in nursing. My dad was just an old country boy, barely got out of high school, knew a uh, man of few words, but ultimate wisdom. They knew they wanted to teach myself and my family, my brothers and sisters, how to be business owners. So at the age of 15, we had this nice conversation around the dinner table one night that my dad said, Hey son, you'll be 16 this Friday. And if you don't have a job by Friday, don't come home. Literally. Hey, but here's the rule, son. You cannot work for anybody I know. You cannot work for fast food or a grocery store. Well, in a small town of about less than 50,000 people, the name Good Bread well, was real popular. And my dad, unbeknownst to me at that time, was very popular. A lot of people knew him. So long story short, after some uh, convincing that week, I learned that business ownership is where they were trying to force me into. And from age of 15 up to age 21 in that business, I learned how to run a business. My mom and dad taught me. They went to lots of classes. Um, through I was homeschooled as a as in, in my uh, in my high school phase, and so all of my education was around business. Mm -hmm. One of the things I learned real early in life was how to speed read and how to retain what I could read. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wish I could. I'm trying to teach my children that now because it has helped me for years. But I've read literally a book a week since I was about the age of 16. And most of all business, I love business books and I can retain it and, re and recite it. So yes, I've read a lot. I've studied a lot. I've earned multiple master's degrees. I have multiple credentials that, you know, we can get into later on, but ultimately it comes down to having this, this entrepreneurial spirit that, Hey, I want to, as I often say, charge hell with a water pistol to reach my goals. Uh -huh. And that's who I am. I love it. <laughs> just got the visual what you were saying that's great um okay so we're going to talk about your books and i want to i want to learn about your your favorite business book but before we go there what made you pick the niche of that first company at 16 how'd you land there it was um it was a force on me by my mom and dad it was a basically a grass cutting company we went at age okay. 15 cutting grass like any other you know right. child or teenager should be doing these days helping right. their neighbors out and doing some hard work it was within that particular small business that mom and dad taught me the principles of business. They taught me how to, how to handle finances, how to communicate with people, how to, how to give somebody your word through a proposal and then underbid yourself and have to honor that particular presentation, how to lose a client over a competitor. You know, everything that we face in business as, a, as business owners, I learned at the age of 16, 17 and 18 while still in high school. And whenever I hit college, um, it just, I was able to take what I learned and grow a very large, successful business. So it was great. fun. It's great. So what, what's been one of your top um, impact, impactful books that you've read along the way? Anything kind of one of your glaring favorites? 
Man, I could give you so many books. I, I think I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't say Good to Great by Jim Collins. That one has impacted my life greatly. Um, John Maxwell's the the leadership books, you know, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, unbelievable books. Um, as of late, and I'd say late in the last five years, I think Jocko Willick's book, um, Extreme Ownership for Business Owners and for Top Down Bottom Up Theorem of Business works really good. So, I mean, I could keep going on. I think yeah. probably if I were going to say one book, one book that impacted my life. Um, actually, I read five books every year. And I'll give you those five. But one book is The Millionaire Next Door by Dr. Thomas Stanley. Yes. Um, love that book. It gives you a framework. I read five books every year because I love the rounding of it. First of all, I read, I like the book of Proverbs and scripture because I think there's a lot of wisdom we can glean from that as business owners. It talks as a mother or a counselor to a son. And there's a lot of principles there we can glean from ultimately one of the wisest men ever lived. I like Dave Ramsey's The Total Money Makeover. I think that's a good baseline principle for how we should run our families. Mm -hmm. But I like I like Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because I think it balances off what Dave Ramsey speaks about on the personal side. I think we can take what he gleans on the business side and kind of get a good harmony between the two of those. Right. I like um, I like The Richest Man in Babylon. I've been reading that since I was about 16 years of age. It teaches one principle that we business owners often don't heed, and that is pay ourselves first. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. Think and Grow Rich. I read it every year to this point because I believe that as we think in our minds, especially we business owners, mm -hmm. as we think we can become, that's, that's heard throughout many, many ancient writings, it's talked throughout many principles. And I think if, I think if we can learn that and apply it, then mm -hmm. we can be ultimately reach the goals that we have for ourselves. So those are the five books I read every year. It's so great. I love that you read those year after year after year, because you're right. Every stage, every chapter, every season, wherever you are, things hit you differently. So tell us about your books. Congratulations. Yeah. Did you know you wanted to be a writer? Was that something that, you know, <laughs> they say every book's in you, right? Or there's a book in everybody, right? How you know, that, that came that, the, way, the way the books came about is kind of comical. Um, <laughs> I, I have this crazy memory that God's blessed me with, and I don't say it to brag, but I can literally remember, remember just about anything. And in high school and college, I was a force to be reckoned with. I didn't know how to get on my own way because right. of my pride. But I failed one class, only one class that I not make a four point, a straight A in, and that was English, English composition. Hmm. And the reason why I failed it is because I'm a, here's the honest to goodness behind the veil. I cannot spell. Literally, I can I can read anything. I can say anything. I can put it in my Southern draw. Right. But to ask me to spell a word, it just doesn't work in my mind. I don't know if it's because I speed read or I don't know. So in, in this English composition class, it was a weeder class that would try to weed out people to get from, you know, in the in the in the freshman orientation. And every time you misspelled a word, you had a deduction of 25 points. Well, for somebody who can't spell, right. it doesn't matter how well you're right. You're going to fail everything. And literally, I failed the class two years in a row. Oh Finally, I looked at the teacher my third year. And she said, you're back. And I said, look, I need some help. Will you let me use like a Franklin word checker or something of that nature? And she did. And I made a straight A in there. I made an A finally. And as I was graduating or as I was leaving that class, she looked at me almost a snide mark. And she said, you'll never do anything in life that's, as of any merit because you can't spell. And my response to her was, I will have a, a New York Times bestseller. You mm. watch. I love it. And that was at the age of what, 1920? Right. And so and I wrote my first hadn't even existed yet, right? <laughs> we barely had computers in school at that point, right? <laughs> um, 
I didn't, I had this Franklin Covey, like spelling. I, I know exactly what you mean. I love it. Computer. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and by the way, you ought to try to write a composition paper in class. I'm going to spell check every single <laughs> word. It's great. I did, was able to learn how to spell A and I without having to spell check that. But right, right. No, so you fast forward years and, and here I am in business, successful in business. And I'd never forgotten that that voice in the back of my head. I think every one of us have somebody in our lives that's told us we can't do something, whatever it may be. And we're like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. And that was my little demon in my, on my shoulder, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And um, so sure enough, I wrote the first book, the ultimate sale because I had sold businesses and I had several clients going through business sales and wrote the book and it reached Amazon bestseller ended up selling it in multiple languages around the world. It was fun to watch and um, so I'm like, okay, that's cool, but it's not my New York Times bestseller. Right. So we released Your Baby's Ugly last year, and in this is February. In February of this year, it reached number one on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. Actually, to see my name above Glenn Beck's and some other senators and Congress people was amazing to see amazing. that. But number one, New uh, Wall Street Journal bestseller list, and the top, I think, fifty or sixty on the USA Today bestseller list. Still, still not my New York Times number one. So. I've got another book in there somewhere that will get to a New York Times bestseller. That's my aspiration. That's why I like to write. I I love it all. I love it all. And and kudos to you on your huge achievements with both books. Do you have a favorite over over you know between the two, or do you like them for different reasons? I like them for different reasons. So the ultimate sale starts with the end in mind. For business owners, statistically, about 4% of business owners will ever sell their business and be happy. Now, what's interesting is only about 16% of business owners will ever sell their business, statistically. That means that greater than 80% of business owners have this huge asset that's illiquid, that's high risk, that we'll never cash out on. We're just going to let this asset, which is perhaps millions of dollars, we know how much income it derives for us as business owners, that's just going to fall by the wayside. So to me, the ultimate sale is, hey, stop. Let's think about what we're doing in business. And if we're going to run a lifestyle business, which is one that just provides us incomes and gives us freedom, so be it. That's okay. But if you really need wealth in order to retire or reach whatever your aspirations are, then we need to strategically think about how we're going to do that. So that's the ultimate sale. Mm -hmm. Your baby's ugly was a statement that my dad said years and years. That's my second book. And he would say, son, you never tell a woman their baby's ugly. But if you do, and sometimes you must, you better run or duck because they're coming after you. And I could still hear him laughing as he would say that. So I wrote the second book around this thought of, okay, we want to sell our business in the future. The reality is it's an ugly baby that only you think is beautiful. Wow. You, the business owner. So unless we go in and look at our business and design our business to be, to be seen as an investor would see our business, then chances of, of us ever reaching our goal of that baby going, you know, ultimately going on to somebody else is very slim. Hmm. So I think they both have their, their, um, their positions. I like your the your baby's ugly because it reminds me of my dad and some of his favorite statements. That's great, and you know it, it's such a, a a good analogy that your business is your baby, and you know everyone that is a business owner feels that way and protects it like that, but they may not see what they don't see. They may not see that the baby's ugly, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So good, so good. So walk us up to today. What's today? What do you? What are you working on? What's exciting you? What, what's the next chapter or two look like? 
<laughs> so this is a, it's kind of an interesting time in my life. Um, I started Heritage Investors, which is a wealth management firm for business owners back in 2009. Mm-hmm. Middle of 2016, 17, I created Heritage Business Advisors, which is a, the division of the company that gives business advice to teach business owners how to grow their business so that it can one day be sold. They can retrieve the benefit of it. And then Financially Simple is my education arm. Through Financially Simple, we educate literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people per week through our system, podcasts, blog, videos. Basically, I say in Financially Simple, if there's anything in business that a business owner might face, we want to cover it. And if a business owner doesn't have a topic that we've covered, we want to know so we can cover it with information either from our own sphere of influence or from my mind or from some expert that we can bring on the podcast or through the writing. So we have three different companies. And uniquely enough, about middle of the year last year, because of some family situations uh, with my wife, some health things that kind of brought gravity to my life, um, I decided it was time to change things in my life. So effective today is the, as we record this, is the last day that I am the owners of Heritage Business Advisors, Heritage Investors, and Financially Simple. I have actually walked everything that I teach, Uh walked it to the very end, did everything that I've taught in your baby is ugly that I've literally walked thousands of people through in my career, 20 plus years of advising businesses. I personally have now walked through this and received a multiple that's best in class was able to come to the table and negotiate with a great buyer Mm -hmm. positions that many people will never ever negotiate because they've never built their business to sell. So what's happening, exciting in my life is that I'm changing chapters um, I'm no longer going to be fully the owner. I'm now going to be the own, one of the owners in the purchasing company, along with the chief strategy officer for that company right. and continue to try to help people be on stage a little bit more and talking more um, as this next chapter unfolds. Good. You're going to be amazing on, on, on stage, as I'm sure you know, because the podcast is phenomenal. Um, well, congratulations. I was like getting chills as you were saying that, like what a huge moment. It's just, you know, what else also struck me is that, you know, we're always curious and we're always going to want to explore the next chapter and what's next and continue growing and continue growing and continue growing and taking what you've built and the impact it's making on people to the next level, right? Like you're just There's started. a lot of emotions though yeah. in that, Annette. I got to tell you, because you're this is my baby, right? I mean, I've got 400 plus podcasts of me talking right. about my life as a child, talking about, you know, friends and family and clients that I deeply love, not naming their names for confidentiality reasons, but right. giving examples and, and to watch and now work through the things I've written about from previous companies that I, they were okay, but they weren't me. Right. And now to walk through this journey as the business owner, who has been teaching other business owners how to do this and helping them do this. And now to personally experience it, man, the emotions around it are surreal. Sometimes it's anger, be honest with you. Sometimes it's anger. How dare you, Mr. Purchaser or Mrs. Purchaser, the bigger company, think that this is not as valuable as I place my value in that. Mm-hmm. And then other times it could be, wow, I'm just an old country boy who lives on a gravel road in East Tennessee. You really want to pay me this much money for this, for this thing? Are you serious? Have you, are you on crack? I mean, come on. Right. I mean, I have these type of emotions in my right. own side. It's a, right. so it's like, wow, amazement. And then you, you sit back and you reminisce about, I, I can remember not too long ago, within the last five years, going to the pantry in the house mm-hmm. and not having food. 
I can remember that Mm -hmm. feeding my employees, Mm -hmm. making sure they were fed without ever putting on a facial, almost a masquerade of not saying, Hey, here's what we're facing as the business owner. Mm -hmm. And then to reminisce about where we've come from to where we are. And now going into this faith journey, not really knowing what this next chapter will yield, but knowing it will be okay because we just did this. That's right. And because we just experienced this last period of time, this next period, it can only get more fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, as you were describing all of that, I was having flashbacks from the sale of my former company. It was like, oh, they all just, you know, it's so much that goes into it. So much that goes into it. And you care so much about your employees and you want them to be okay. And you want your baby to be okay. It's great. Congratulations. Thank you. God. All right. So I have to ask you about the pizza for those that aren't on video and listening on the podcast. He has a sign that says, I want pizza, but then I can't read what's under it. It says, uh, I want your, I want pizza, not your opinion. (laughs) So, so I have this thing that I have another aspiration in life is I want to be the spokesperson or some sort of a video stand in for a national pizza chain. Um, it started about, uh, first of all, I love pizza. Pizza is like the, it's going to be in heaven. I mean, who doesn't like it, right? Who doesn't uh, well, love it? there's one exception. You cannot put pineapple on pizza. It's not a I pizza. Okay. So no pineapple on pizza. And for those of you who disagree, do me a favor, find me on Facebook. You can find me and tell me why pineapple blends on pizza. I've heard them all. So please go ahead and share with me. I'll go to Justin Gilbert on Facebook. But um, years ago, my wife who loves pineapple on pizza and I were talking and I said, it doesn't belong there. Well, that post that I did with the video some 10 years ago, ended up having hundreds of thousands of comments on it. It was ridiculous. Uh-huh. So ever since then, pizza became kind of like my thing. I like you know? it. So I love pizza. So well, I love pizza. I love well pizza. with, you know, your last name, good bread. You really have something there. <laughs> Absolutely. Do. Absolutely. Do. Okay. So, so you'll be like Papa Justin instead of Papa John's. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe, you know, like Jared, who was with Subway, you know, yes. is the Jared commercial. I want to be the Justin on whoever pizza in. I don't care. Pizza I Hut, Domino's, it. they're all good. I love it. I love that you have your eye on something next already. It's so great. Big, big hopes. Well, great. So, so I don't want to take up too much of your time because today is a huge day for you, but um, what is uh, your personal mantra when you're having those moments of, you know, anger or fear or doubt or whatever it is, what, what do you say to yourself to remind yourself to kind of snap into that positive and out of that moment? So I put together a mantra years ago from scripture, from the Bible, and it's a group of verses that I've put together. It would take me about five minutes to quote it is how long it is. But at the end of the day, it's this, is that we, whoever's listening to my voice, we were were created for something bigger than we can imagine. Mm -hmm. And everything we faced in life up until this point is preparing us for what we were brought on this earth for. And as long as we're on this earth, we haven't reached it. That's my mantra to myself. And so I come back and I say, almost like um, if you th- think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill, if you think you can or can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. And so my mantra to myself is, hey, there's something big out here. Mm-hmm. There's something big that only we, whoever we are, that only we were created for. And I firmly believe that until we find what that is and focus our eyes on that, we're often wondering, but when we figure out who we are and ultimately what we're driving for, life becomes surreal. And there's nothing that's going to stand in our way. That's going to keep us from reaching our goal. If we know what that is. Right. I really like that. I really, really like that. 
congratulations on today. Huge accomplishment, like huge. Like I just, I, I feel, we just met and I feel like teary eyed and like chills going up. Just so excited for you. Honestly, it's such a huge, huge day for you. It's awesome. How can we support you? How can we buy the book? How can we find you? How can we help you along on your journey? So you can find the book on Amazon. It's on Audible as well. If you want to listen to my voice for seven hours, please don't do it while you're driving because you might want to drive into a ditch. Uh, but you can find it on Audible nonetheless. You can also check out Financially Simple. It's the hub of our system. It has all the podcast courses, training and everything you know, Financially Simple. You know, as you can, add, for the audience members, one of the things I love to do is speak. I love to talk. I love to hopefully leave somebody with encouragement and impact and give clarity and direction and not just a fancy, pretty voice, but also somebody that has the knowledge and the depth to be able to tell you how to do what you want to do. And so if anybody knows an opportunity to speak, whether it be at a convention, whether it be to a group of business owners, I would love, love that introduction. That's where my heart is. Great. Great. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so, so much. I can't wait to see you on a pizza commercial or, you know, with your own pizza brand or whatever, no pineapples. Right. I love it. Absolutely. I love it all. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for so having much. me today. I appreciate it. Have fun and enjoy and make sure you celebrate big time. Yes, ma'am. Wow. What an episode. Did you learn something new? I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future. Anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.